Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Well, here we go. We are opening our mouths and declaring to you the good news of the gospel of God's grace. We're so thankful that in today's day and age, we have, uh, we have, well, not only our mouths in which we can declare this, but the internet and all the different ways that a person can listen to our Growing in Grace podcast. By the way, I'm Joel Brzezicki, and along with we, Mike Kapler, we've been talking some, uh, this, this, this is fun stuff for us. I hope it's uh, some fun stuff for you too. But uh, regarding the Gentiles and how the Jewish people back in the early days of the church didn't necessarily understand and weren't really preaching the gospel to too many Gentiles, even though God had declared this message, this gospel is for everybody. And it's the same for everybody. It's a message of God justifies ungodly people. God justifies the ungodly by his grace, by grace through faith. And it's the same whether you're a Jew or a Gentile. Now, in those early days, we can understand there was a transition going on. These Jewish people had been under the law for years and years and years. I mean, centuries. And all of a sudden, this Messiah comes along. He enters the picture. And they have no reason to really understand or think that the law has been done away with unless someone comes along and and tells them and helps them to have that understanding. Now, their scriptures had said, this will happen, this will happen. God has chosen that the Gentiles will be part of this too, but they didn't quite understand this. And so we've been going on for a few weeks here with this series about how um, it took a while in, in those early days and years of the church for this message to get through the Gentiles. And we were in Acts 13, and then we got through 15, where it wasn't understood by these uh, Jewish people that the Gentiles didn't have to keep the law. There was some debate, and we talked last week about how, okay, maybe these Gentiles don't have to keep the law after all. And so James enters the picture. By the way, go back, if if you haven't listened to last week, to, to catch up to where we're at this week. But James enters the picture after Peter has said, has made a little speech that, hey, Gentiles, they don't have to keep the law. Why would we put that yoke on them? Why would we put that burden on them that our fathers couldn't do it? We can't do it. Why would we put the yoke of the law on these Gentile believers? And then... um James seems to agree, but then, and this is where you left off last week, Cap, but then he brings up <laughs> some some uh, four things, and we're going to talk about those four things that are kind of a little bit interesting for us to try to put our heads around in regard to, isn't this gospel supposed to be apart from law? And so we'll talk about some of that this week. Joel, I hope we can get through these two verses in this program. <laughs> <laughs> There's let's, a lot. Let's let's to say commit here. to that, regardless of how short or long the program may turn out to be, <laughs> because I, I don't want us to lose our, our train of thought on this, and and yet I think we want to take some extra time to dive into verses 19 and 20 of Acts 15 because they're so easy to skim over. Um, we've talked about them a little bit before through different contexts, different programs, but. 
I think we want to take it a, a step further based on, like you said, the series we've been doing here on Gentiles coming to Christ and why it took so long for it to happen, and then these controversies that were taking place. So James uh, says he just read from the prophets and pointed out that, hey, we can't really deny that Gentiles are meant to be saved. It says it right here, Old Testament, uh, black and white. Therefore, it is my judgment, it is my opinion that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. Now, this this thing about judgment, it, it is my judgment. Strong's 115 is the word. It's really just that. I mean, it's a judgment. It's an opinion, uh, and it's it's based on making a decision an opinion, a judgment, you're making a decision that is based upon that opinion or perspective. And that's what James is is doing here. I mean, that, that's what a judgment is. That's what an opinion is. We hear it a lot in law-based circles, even today, you know, with lawyers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Different judgments that are, are made, opinions that are written, even by like the Supreme Court, for example, where there's often disagreement. On, on what a law actually means. But James is saying, we're not going to trouble the Gentiles with giving them the law. They never had the law. They, they were never in a covenant with God. Uh, I know I'm putting words into, into James' mouth here just to try and clarify. But So we're not going to trouble them with the law and the circumcision and all the stuff that some of you have been advocating for. But let's write to them to tell them to abstain from things contaminated. I'm, I'm in the New American Standard here, Joel. We write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols, from fornication. So we've got four things here. Idols, number one, from fornication, number two, and from what is strangled, number three, and from blood, number four. These are all probably quite related to each other, We'll maybe hit on fornication later, not because it isn't just as important, but we'll get to that later for for obvious reasons once we get there. Um, So these are two verses that are easy to skip over. It's my judgment that we don't trouble the Gentiles, but that we write to them. Really, it's verse 20 and 21 that are easy to skip over because we kind of read these things and we're not really relating to them. Let's write and tell them this. Stay away, abstain from idols, fornication, uh, what is strangled, and from blood. And then he says this, for Moses from ancient generations has in every city those who preach him since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So it's almost like everything up until about verse 19 uh, and then starting up again in 22, we've got this fine print in here, especially in verses 20 and 21. Uh, for It's almost like uh, for fine print here, right? Uh, for Moses from ancient generations, that ever said preach the Lord. <laughs> uh, then we kind of move, move on. Well, that seemed good to the apostles and the elders, and we move on. Well, what did he say here? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's what we want to get into here, Joel. What is he saying in, in verse 20? I don't know if you want to step in here, and then I'll follow up with you. Yeah, well, it's, it, like you say, it's easy to gloss over this stuff, because I have done it for years. I mean, I just, okay, I had taken a, a quote, a theology course through a church years ago, and they, uh, uh, as part of the course, they mentioned this verse, verse 20, and what James had said, but we write, to them to abstain from things polluted by idols, from sexual immorality or fornication, from things strangled and from blood. And then on the the question on the, like the, a test that we took, that we didn't really have to, points that you got from it, but the question was, was this a suggestion or was this a commandment? And really you could answer it however you believe, but in their 
answer key in the back of the book. It was like it was a commandment. And it was like, this is for, you know, this is something that was commanded. To so in their opinion, it was a commandment. But here, like you said, it's it was James's opinion. <laughs> so you have right there that it's an opinion. But uh, all these things, they do come from the law. And I, and I know you have a lot more to say about this than I do. I mean, I'll let you get on that. But the um, interesting thing to me for Moses, verse 21, for Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So what is James saying here? I know that people can look at this in a lot of different ways, but what is James saying here? Why would he even bring up Moses? We're, we just got done saying that the Gentiles don't have to keep the law of Moses. But then he adds these four things, and we'll get into that. But why would he bring up Moses has throughout many generations those who preach him in every city, being read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So what? That's not what we're doing here. We're telling the people they don't have to keep the law of Moses. So what we think James might be saying here is that, hey, these Gentiles, they can just, you know, if I kind of would like them to hear the law, and so they can go into the synagogues every week, and they can hear the law being read, because that's what happens in the synagogues. Moses is read every week in the synagogues. And so there's something that Gentiles can do. Uh, so he's not really leaving the law behind. James here is not leaving Moses behind. But I, I go back to Acts 13, which we talked about a few weeks ago. You know, what happened with Paul, Paul stood up, Acts 13, 16. I didn't mention this I, I, during when we talked about Acts 13, but it, this stood out to me when we were looking at this verse from from Acts 15, Paul stood up, motioning with his hand, the God of this people chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. Um, so he was in the synagogue, and they asked him, they asked Paul, do you have anything that you would like to exhort the people with? And here's the thing that I get out of this. Paul preached Jesus. They asked him if he wanted to give an exhortation. Paul then preached to Jesus to the Jews not law. <laughs> and he said that through Jesus came the forgiveness of sins and justification that cannot come by the law of Moses. So you see Paul in a Jewish synagogue saying, guess what? <laughs> what I'm preaching is Jesus. What you cannot get from the law, you get through Jesus. So you need to leave the law behind. James here in Acts 15 is saying, for Moses has had throughout many generations those who preach him in every city being read at the synagogues every Sabbath. So if the Gentiles, you know, they can go to the synagogues and hear the law being preached. Now, if a Gentile would go to a synagogue, what are they going to hear preached? They're going to hear the law preached. They're not going to hear Jesus. So why would he even bring this up? I, st I think that even in his mind, and again, we'll get into these things that I know you have a lot to say about cap that um J I think the law had not completely escaped James mindset when it comes to the daily lives of people who had believed in Jesus. I think that's correct and and it also ties in with what he said in 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 verse 20 which was law-based stuff. So I've got Joel, I don't often do this, but I've I've got some things that I just want to highlight here that I I pulled out of several different 
Bible commentaries, because I think it will help shed some light on verse 20 and 21, for that matter, in Acts 15. Um, so let, let's, let me run through some of this real quick so I can we can all kind of begin to relate to what was going on here in this culture at this time, in this debate. So the commentator in, in this case says, regarding the, the idols, under the religion of Greece and Rome, sacrifices were so common that it might fairly be taken for granted that the flesh at any festival meal had been so offered. In other words, this was a common practice in their culture for these Gentiles. But a small portion of the flesh was burnt upon the altar. The rest was cooked for either a household meal or sent to market for sale. Such meat was, in the eyes of the Jews, polluted, and the history of, of Daniel and his command, uh, his companions showed this in Daniel chapter 1. They rejected some food because of this. So here was a new stumbling block. Commentary continues here. Here was a new stumbling block, and the Gentile was required to avoid this situation also. It involved many sacrifices and uh, would result in privations, which means to deprive oneself of necessities or comforts resulting in hardships. Uh, the new convert had to refuse, the new Gentile convert had to refuse invitations to birthday, marriage, and funeral feasts, or if they were present, to refuse to eat at them. This is what was being advocated here in the book of Acts, huh. chapter 15. Wow. A man with a sensitive conscience would refuse to partake of what was set before him in a private house or offered for sale in the market unless he had satisfied himself that it had not so been offered in that manner. And so that, you know, that kind of reminds me just a, a, a free throw in here. You know, when, when Paul said, when you go to sit down at someone's house, don't ask them if it had been sacrificed to an idol, right. you know, for your conscience sake, because there was really nothing wrong with it. But there would be if, if that bothered you, if you were weaker in, in faith. Um, so that was the idol thing from the commentary. Here's something from uh, the strangled situation that James referred to. It literally means to be strangled. It was an animal killed without the shedding or the draining of blood. Avoid that. Um, the word would also later be used in language as a culinary or a cooking term. This concept first was mentioned in Genesis 9, but then became a major part of the law, and it's mentioned frequently in the Mosaic Law. So in these days, where these guys are gathering together in Acts 15, the Jew would only eat what had been killed by a butcher of his own persuasion. Meat that was killed in that way, uh, which may be eaten without defilement, is known technically as kosher. I'm reading from Bible commentary here. The effect of the rule would have been to compel new Gentile Christians to buy their meat, poultry, etc., from a Jewish butcher or a Christian who followed the Jewish mode of killing. Uh, and in some places, this would have caused considerable inconvenience for non-Jewish people whose culture was very different. And then blood. Um, the commentary says this uh, about blood. As distinguished from the preceding rule regarding things strangled, this would forbid the separate use of blood as with flour and vegetables or in black puddings of modern cookery as an article of food. Uh, dishes were prepared in this way. It was common in their cuisine for both Greeks and Romans. And here also, therefore, the restriction that it was being advocated here in Acts 15 would have involved a frequent withdrawal from social life or a conspicuous singularity. And, and so... 
I just wanted to point some of this out here, Joel, because we have a hard time relating to what the real culture was back then for Gentiles, their habits of eating, and, and many of the Jewish people under the law who were living around them. Right. Yes. It was a. It would have been a big. What James was saying here, what he was uh, suggesting, his judgment was going to change things in a big way for the Gentiles in such a way that Paul would never have brought up. In fact, you know, with this idol thing, and we'll take this into next week because uh, there's a lot to be said about this. But what Paul said regarding idols is complete opposite of what, what James was saying here and uh, about a lot of these law things. And so we've got to bring that out because there can be some confusion. Like I said, the church that I took this theology course, and they really believed that this was stuff that we had to do. But if you look at it, it's a it would have been a big thing, and it ran contrary to what Paul would later say. So we'll talk about some of that stuff. You got something else? Well, I'm sorry, Joel. I was just going to wrap up with, with this. Uh, it's a different commentator, but it kind of wraps up what I just was, was covering. Uh, they were counseled, counseled, to abstain from things strangled and from eating blood, that was forbidden by the law of Moses, um, and also here from from reverence to the blood of the sacrifices which was still being offered. Here's the point: it would needlessly grieve the Jewish converts, the believers in Christ, and further prejudice unconverted Jews. So the concern of somebody like James, who still believed the law was in place for the Jewish people, right? The concern was the Gentiles not having to abide by such a major thing in the law might cause some some problems in their communities right yeah and and that's pretty big like you said we skim by this stuff so easily but there's so much to be said so uh listen again next week we'll work through some of this stuff and and hopefully i mean if if a person has been under the bondage of some of this stuff hopefully it'll it'll help to bring out some freedom uh the freedom that we do have in jesus christ so we'll talk more about that coming up next week on growing in grace this has been growing in grace with mike kapler and joel brzezinski heard online through various internet sources around the world each week access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org share it with a friend and listen again next week for more growing in grace